Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we're delving into The Weirdest People in the World by Joseph Henrik. This thought provoking read dissects the unique psychological and behavioral traits that set Westerners apart from the rest of the globe. Henrik, a distinguished chair of the Department of Human Evolutionary Biology at Harvard University, sheds light on the notable influence the Western Church had on marriage and family structures, which in turn sculpted the peculiarities of Western culture. His expertise in evolution and its intersection with culture and psychology forms the backbone of his compelling argument. The Weirdest People in the World is a deep dive into the transformation of Western society and its subsequent global impact, providing readers with a fresh perspective on how historical policies paved the way for Western hegemony. This book is a revelation for anyone interested in the crossroads of history, anthropology, cultural studies, and economics. It offers Westerners a mirror reflecting their idiosyncrasies and cross-cultural differences. Additionally, it's a must-read for enthusiasts of experimental psychology who crave insights into the human mind molded by culture and evolution. Join us as we explore the factors behind the West's peculiar path to success and how it comes to influence human behavior across the world. The Weirdest People in the World How the West Became Psychologically Peculiar and Particularly Prosperous Introduction Exploring the Western Family Tree How Ecclesiastical Marriage Policies Shaped Modern Culture Imagine a world where the guidelines for whom you can marry, and even whom you're forbidden to dream about, are dictated by centuries-old letters to the Pope. These exchanges were not frivolous matters of gossip, but pivotal decisions that would ripple through time to mould Western society as we know it. Welcome to the reality of medieval Christendom, where a correspondence between St. Augustine of Canterbury and Pope Gregory I would irrevocably alter the social and familial fabric of an entire civilization. Dive deeper, and you'll realize that these seemingly isolated conundrums about matrimony and propriety tell a grander story. The rules weren't just about regulating personal lives. They became the scaffolding for societal norms that persist to this day. Harvard's Joseph Henrich isn't just reminiscing about the church's historical hang-ups. He's pulling back the curtain to reveal how these long-standing sexual and familial regulations birth a unique Western culture, one that appears quite odd when contrasted with the rest of the world. Through the lens of the weirdest people in the world, we're not aiming to reconstruct the entire history of the West's quirkiness. Rather, we're cherry-picking the most striking theories Henrik brings to the table concerning why Western civilization seems so different and sometimes outright peculiar. It's no trivial matter. The intimate matters of sex, marriage, and family structures, as overseen by the Western Church, have imprinted themselves on everything, from our psychological makeup to the legal systems we abide by. Let's embark on a journey through time, unraveling how these minute details of personal relationships have come to influence an entire civilization's ethos, values, and perhaps even the definition of what it means to be normal by Western standards. It's a tale of how the obsession with sex, 
devised centuries ago, underpins the distinctiveness of Western society, and how we, as its heirs, continue to navigate its complex legacy. Part 1. Unpacking the Psychological Peculiarities of Western Minds When we consider the cultural landscape of our planet, it's clear that there's something quite peculiar about the psychological makeup of people hailing from places like the United States, Western Europe, and Australia. Coined as weird, Western, educated, industrialized, rich, and democratic, these societies stand as outliers, distinct not only in their socio-economic attributes, but also in the very way their inhabitants think and act. This unusual nature goes beyond mere acronym cleverness, embodying the divergent psychological patterns of people shaped by weird cultures. Harvard's Joseph Henrik dives into the heart of this psychological anomaly, unraveling the threads of cultural evolution that span centuries. Like the biological counterpart, cultural evolution transmits beliefs and practices from one generation to the next, incorporating spontaneous mutations as new ideas emerge and are tinkered with. This long game of cultural selection lends favor to those norms and traits best adapted to their respective environments. Before plunging into the quirks of weird psychology, let's set the stage with a few keynotes from Henrik's perspective. His aim is to shed light on the vast spectrum of psychological diversity, steering clear of praising weird minds or discrediting others. Importantly, he underscores that variety is not only between cultures but also within them, and these psychological patterns are not rigid but dynamic and ever-evolving. Now, let's delve into five hallmark traits that capture the essence of the weird psyche. The first trait is individualism. Weird folks have a penchant for personal autonomy, emphasizing rights and accomplishments that are individual rather than collective. Secondly, there's a pronounced endorsement of universal moral absolutes. Unlike many cultures where family loyalty might override abstract principles, weird individuals lean toward upholding ethical standards even if it means not covering for a transgressing family member. Thirdly, Weird societies foster nonconformity. From challenging peer pressure to de-emphasizing obedience in child-rearing, they encourage a level of personal independence that can be quite foreign to other cultures. The fourth trait is analytical thinking. Weird minds often dissect problems, focusing on individual elements and their specific conditions. This type of cognition is so prevalent that the leading countries in analytical thought predominantly hail from Western Europe or their cultural descendants. Lastly, weird people exhibit an enhanced trust in strangers. This contrasts with many other societies where trust is typically reserved for close-knit family and community members. As we progress, we'll examine the historical catalysts that shape these characteristics and how they have, in turn, propelled the ascent of Western civilization. But first, let's juxtapose these observations against the rich backdrop of non-weird cultures across the globe, broadening our understanding of what constitutes the norm in human societies. Part 2. Family First. The traditional, non-weird approach to culture and society. While weird societies might be head-turning in their distinctiveness, they represent only a slice of the vast cultural pie that encompasses human history. To fully grasp the human experience, 
one must turn to the non-weird mentality that has shaped the majority of human societies throughout the ages. At the core of this mentality is a profound devotion to family over anything else, encapsulated by the concept of kin altruism, an innate inclination to care for one's blood relatives above others. Historically, humans have addressed this kin-centric drive by weaving the fabric of their societies around familial bonds. From the dawn of time through epochs dotted with empires, kin-based institutions remained the bedrock of organized community life. These deeply rooted familial structures are not just relics of the distant past. Many continue to thrive outside the weird world, perpetuating the non-weird mentality. Consider, for instance, European societies before the sweeping influence of the Western Church. Life revolved around extended families and clans. These clans were more than just familial ties. They forged alliances, provided mutual support, and ensured shared prosperity. Inheritance and leadership often traveled through male lines, with new couples usually joining the husband's family, entrenching patriarchal values deeply into societal norms. When it came to marriage, personal choice often gave way to strategic familial alliances, where elders wielded significant power in spousal selection. Practices such as marrying cousins or one man having multiple wives weren't just commonplace, but were strategies aimed at tightening clan bonds and elevating social status. This kin-based structure naturally lent itself to a collectivist mentality where community interests prevailed over individual pursuits. Suspicion of strangers was typical, a protective instinct seeded by the uncertainty of non-kin motives. Additionally, respecting and heeding elders was more than mere politeness. It was the linchpin of societal order and continuity. Adherence to family also meant prioritizing kinship over impersonal ethical standards. In such a world, morality was often a function of familial duty, and ethical dilemmas were resolved through this prism. Holistic thinking was another characteristic of the non-weird psyche, mirroring the belief that individuals were integral parts of a larger familial organism. Just as each person was a thread in the familial tapestry, each element of life was seen in relation to the whole. These principles have been the cornerstones of the vast majority of societies for generations, almost unshakable in their prevalence, until the tides began to change, guided by a transformative power that would challenge the very essence of kin-based institutions. Part 3. How the Church's Marital Policies Gave Rise to Western Individualism If the long history of humanity has been predominantly non-weird in nature, we are left to ponder the catalytic change that birthed the weird psyche. Where did this unprecedented shift in societal norms originate? The plot thickens as Joseph Henrik places the Western Church at the epicenter of this transformation. During the post-Roman Empire era, the authority of the Western Church, encompassing the Catholic and subsequent Protestant realms, began enforcing novel protocols that would unravel the tightly knit fabric of kin-based societies. The Church's sweeping marital decrees collectively known as the Marriage and Family Program, or MFP, set the stage for a dramatic metamorphosis. This meticulous orchestration of sexual, marital, and familial norms was like a sculptor reshaping the raw contours of European society 
into the distinctive form we recognize as weird today. In a striking departure from the past, the MFP drew new boundaries around the concept of family, broadening the incest taboo and placing interdictions on nuptials between close relatives and even in-laws. Such policies gradually chiseled away at the prevalence of cousin marriages, nudging people to look beyond the familiar confines of their kin for marital unions. Monogamy, once a mere social preference, became the unbreachable edict, and those sidestepping this norm faced the novel stigma of illegitimacy for their offspring. Deprived of inheritance rights, illegitimate children mirrored the church's stringent new blueprint for succession and social legitimacy. But the campaign did not end at matrimony and morality. The church espoused the virtues of public vows over arranged unions, spotlighting the individual's choice in the sacred theater of marriage. And yet, one mustn't overlook the strategic underpinnings, as the change in marriage culture also meant an influx of wealth into the church. By dissuading the rich from preserving dynastic fortunes and promoting charitable donations, preferably to the church itself, the Western church accumulated vast tracts of European land. As these changes took root, the nuclear family emerged from the soil of eroding kinship-based structures. No longer was wealth and power a matter for the clan. Now it accumulated in, and sometimes vanished with, single households and immediate family. The stage was set for an unprecedented flourishing of individualism, favoring a new societal archetype that would redefine normalcy within the Western world. Part 4. Monogamy's Role in Civilizing and Equalizing Western Society Journeying deeper into the tapestry of the Western Church's marriage and family plan, we uncover a thread that arguably wrought the most significant impact on Western society, the zealously enforced norm of monogamous marriage. To fully appreciate the transformative power of this single marital shift, let's explore the implications of its counterpart, a polygynous system where select men can claim multiple wives. The arithmetic of polygyny creates a stark reality. For every man with an additional wife, another man must remain single. This was a common predicament in historical polygynous societies, favoring the elite while leaving approximately one-fifth of lower-status men without prospects for marriage. Envision the hierarchies of the past, from African kings to Chinese emperors, where a surplus of wives signaled power and prestige. This left many low-ranking men in a desperate climb for status and partnership. In such a competitive environment, men's lives are shaped by an intense drive to rise above others. Evolutionary success was a matter of securing a mate or mates, significantly widening the gulf between the haves and the have-nots. Even married men continued the pursuit, seeking to expand their marital rosters. Enter monogamy, ordained by church edict, and the marriage landscape changes dramatically. Men, high status or not, are limited to one wife, creating a more level playing field where even lesser status men stand a chance to marry and have children. This rebalancing act doesn't just temper competition, it also has a profound hormonal underpinning. Research shows that men's testosterone levels tend to decrease as they marry and engage in parenting, at least in monogamous settings. Fatherhood often means more time invested in the nurturing role rather than seeking additional mates. Driving down the aggressive impulses 
fueled by testosterone. The societal ripple effects of monogamy extend far beyond hormone levels. Crime statistics reveal that married men are less likely to engage in violence, gamble excessively, or struggle with substance abuse. A pivotal study tracking 500 young men confirmed this pattern. Those whose marriages ended saw their likelihood of committing crimes increase. This suggests that marriage itself, particularly within a monogamous framework, acts as a stabilizer of male behavior. Harvard's Henrik frames this as the domestication of men, a phenomenon that has, over time, contributed to a decline in societal violence and a rise in civil behavior in the West. The intimacy of the nuclear family, tempered by the influence of monogamy, has played a subtle yet indispensable role in shaping the more peaceful, egalitarian contours of modern Western societies. Part 5. The Chain Reaction Tracing Modern Western Civilization to the Church's Marriage and Family Program The Western Church's Marriage and Family Program did more than regulate marital affairs. It triggered a domino effect that reshaped Western culture and society. Henrik credits these ancient ecclesiastical guidelines with laying the groundwork for the emergent weird attributes that underscore today's Western nations. Let's take a closer look at how these seemingly isolated marital mandates translated into wide-scale societal shifts. As cousin marriage and other forms of kinship unions were outlawed, Europeans found themselves venturing beyond their ancestral homes to seek partners. These journeys did more than just combine gene pools. They became conduits for a cultural exchange that broadened horizons and nurtured new social dynamics. No longer tightly tethered to kin-based groups, people started to form voluntary associations, giving birth to affection-based marriages, leisure-oriented friendships, and trade relationships driven by mutual benefits rather than familial ties. The result? The sprouting of towns and flourishing cities which demanded formal governance, transcending the scope of traditions and calling for inventive political experimentation. The experimental nature of these new towns and cities, driven by the need to attract and retain inhabitants, fostered a selection process where successful policies were imitated, creating a competitive landscape that promoted innovation. This cultural evolution was not the product of a grand design, but a series of fortuitous events that, over the centuries, etched the individualist, innovative, and democratic ethos into Western civilization. The Church's unintended legacy was what Henrik dubs accidental genius. From the roots of individualism, propagated by the marriage and family program, bloomed the Enlightenment's ideals of natural rights. The very attributes exalted in formative Western documents, like the American Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights. In this newfound societal structure, voluntary associations led to the birth of institutions fundamental to Western progress. Monasteries turned into hubs of knowledge, universities became the crucibles of science, and charter towns emerged as centers of commerce and civic life. Such venues cultivated the nonconformist spirit and analytical reasoning that propelled figures like Martin Luther to challenge and transform the theological status quo. Moreover, this shift towards trust in strangers and voluntary exchange shaped the Western economic landscape. Transactions required trust, while growing commerce promoted honesty and reliability, 
as a means to success. The Protestant ethic later deepened this evolution, glorifying hard work, frugality, and the postponement of gratification as paths to economic prosperity. In sum, this chain reaction, sparked by the marriage and family program, instigated an irreversible transformation of Western thought and action, crystallizing into the modern world we recognize today. The institutions, ideals, and psychologies that define Western civilization can, in many ways, be traced back to a few key edicts concerning who one could marry and where one's loyalties should lie. Final Summary Through our journey into Joseph Henrik's exploration in The Weirdest People in the World, we've delved into the exceptional psychological traits that define Western societies. Traits so distinctive, they're encapsulated by the fitting acronym WEIRD. Henrik invites us to consider a tapestry of historical influences, notably the Western Church's transformative marriage and family program. This initiative reimagined the familial landscape over a millennium ago, dismantling kin-based institutions and sowing the seeds for the rise of the nuclear family. These reforms didn't just alter family structures, but also set in motion a cascade of social transformations. The emergence of voluntary associations, from romantic to economic unions, catalyzed the development of towns and cities. In turn, these new social configurations demanded creative governance and the establishment of normative and legal systems that would come to define Western civilization. The shift from kinship-based to individualistic societies gave impetus to the proliferation of civic establishments like charter towns, centers of learning like universities, and the flourishing of economic markets. These institutions together crafted a framework that not only propelled the Western world into historical prominence, but also birthed the cultural norms and legal principles we recognize today. Henrik's narrative offers not just an academic dissection of Western oddities, but a broader understanding of how historical marital policies inadvertently shaped our modern world, from our psychology to our social dynamics. Through the unraveling of historic policies around marriage and family, we catch a glimpse of the intricate web of causality that has woven the Western identity. Thank you for tuning in. Your engagement and feedback are invaluable to us, so we encourage you to share your thoughts on these revelations. Your perspective enriches the conversation around our collective history and the peculiarities that define us. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then. Happy reading and happy listening.